Good morning, everybody. I'm excited to be uh, to move five steps forward and be speaking with you guys today. It's pretty fun. Uh, we are in the middle of a series called Peeled, and we are wrestling with how to make the fruit of our lives sweet and not sour. So when our exterior is peeled back, what kind of fruit do we have? Is it fruit that we would all agree is sweet, or is it fruit that is more sour or bitter? Now, the times where we have the best chance to see the type of fruit that we have is really when you're going through difficulty. These are situations when you're, when you're facing these types of situations in life that uh, it's not what you want or it's just plain hard to work through. It could be as simple as someone cutting you off in traffic or uh, you forgetting to move your car for street sweeping day and getting a ticket. Uh, or it could be as complex as a loved one passing away or a relationship ending in divorce. These are all times when people get to see what is really true of us. The, the pressure of these, these types of difficulties allow people to see what's inside of us, and it's either sweet or sour. So in this message series, we're spending time on each of the fruits of the Spirit that's mentioned in the Bible and exploring how to make progress on each fruit in our lives. So the theme verse for this series is Galatians 5, through 23, and that's where the fruits of the Spirit are, frown, are found. It says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now fruit, in this sense, is what is produced from our lives. So just like a tree produces fruit, so we also produce fruit. And this list of fruits is helpful because it gives us a way to identify what things are from God. So as we choose to live life God's way, this gives us categories to measure progress, to know if we're on track or not. Now, in previous weeks, we've looked at uh, love, joy, and peace, and today we're going to be looking at patience. I was at Bellaterra a couple months ago with my wife and daughter, and we were uh, walking around, enjoying the day, and uh, as we were walking around, we were interrupted by honking sounds. So we, we turned to look, and we saw this scene. We, we saw a car that was stopped with its, with its hazard lights on, and another car behind it, and the guy was just angry. He was just laying on the horn. And very quickly, the guy in front got mad at the guy in the back, and he started laying on his horn as well. And the guy in front ended up getting out of his car, started to yell at this guy behind him. The guy in the back got out of his car. They started this yelling match that just, it just kept getting worse and worse. Both of them looked like they had girlfriends in the passenger seat next to them. The girlfriends were yelling at the guys to get back in the car, and the guys were yelling at each other. It was just this, this big scene. It was one of those types of scenes that you really wanted nothing to do with, but you couldn't really turn away from it. it was, we were kind of walking slowly, and we just stopped and watched. Now, eventually, the guy from the front car, he got back into his car and drove off, and they didn't uh, end up fighting. I, I thought they were going to start throwing some punches. Now, all of this craziness over two guys getting frustrated at each other and being too prideful and angry just to let it go. Now, if I was in the same situation, my reaction might not be as extreme, but I honestly get it. I get why they were so frustrated. I understand that, that type of frustration that they felt. I've been late to a movie and rushing to, to get to it, or I see a parking spot open up and someone's blocking me from getting to it. 
you know, while maybe my reaction might not be as extreme, my lack of patience comes out. There have been countless times when feelings of anger rush in or my pride makes me so stubborn that I just won't budge. I think we can all relate to this. We all struggle to stay calm and to be patient. Now, the Greek, the Greek word for patience that is used in Galatians 5.22, it's a compound of two words. Uh, one is makros, which means far or long, and thumos, which means fits of rage or passion. So combined, it means enduring for a long time with passion. It's like you have this intense negative feeling inside, but you don't let that come out. You control it, not letting it control you. So even though you may be burning with passion, burning with rage, you don't let that, um, that dictate your actions, but you're patient. You're willing to stand in the midst of that rage and not let it control you. Now this, is, this is part of God's character. He doesn't let his emotions control him. There are lots of places in the Bible where it talks about God's anger about something that someone has done, but he doesn't act on it immediately. He gives them space and time to realize their sin and turn from it. Because patience is part of God's character, it makes sense that it's listed as one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's one of the things that becomes more of who we are as we choose to follow God. God's patience, it's actually the reason that we have salvation, the reason that God made a way to mend our relationship with him. If God allowed us all to immediately face the consequences of our sin, none of us would be here. God chose to be patient with us, withholding judgment to give us time to come to know him. Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, he went from persecuting Christians to becoming one. And he said this about God in 1 Timothy 1.16. Here's what it says. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. So God put up with a lot of Paul's sin. And Paul calls himself here the worst of sinners. And God has put up with a lot of our sin too, remaining patient with us for for years, sometimes even a lifetime, before we actually turn to him and, and accept God's mercy through Jesus Christ. Doing things that are not in line with what God wants, it does cause him to be angry, but God has remained patient because he wants to give us time to be saved. He wants to allow time for that to happen. This is similar to one of the values that we have here at Seabreeze, space to investigate. That means when people come here, we don't pressure them into a relationship with God. We show them what, what we believe. We, we try and explain things in a way that really makes sense to people, but we don't, we don't pressure anyone into that relationship with God. In a similar way, God wants to give us space and time to come to know him. He doesn't want to pressure us into that or force us into that. So that means being patient with us though we do things that are the opposite of what, what he wants us to do. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. So th- this is really interesting. It's, it's easy to think that God isn't involved, or he doesn't really care about what goes on, because we don't really see the immediate consequences of our sin. The, the verse goes on to say, Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, 
but everyone to come to repentance. So this is saying that what we see as God's slowness or God not being involved is actually God's patience with us. He wants to give us space to investigate what a relationship with him is all about. 2 Peter 3.15, a few verses later, says, Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. So because of God's patience, we have salvation. Now, God is patient, and we are to be like him, so we should be patient as well. And we grow, on this, we grow in this over time as we choose to follow God throughout our lives. As we choose to be patient in the midst of situations that we face in life, we grow in this fruit of the Spirit. I mentioned earlier that a difficulty is a way to really see the, the fruit of someone's life. Whenever they're walking through something really hard, it's where we're tested, but it's also where we're trained. Difficult situations are the training ground for patience, the place that patience grows. It's where patience is needed the most that we're forced to grow in that area. Naturally, we want to do the opposite of patience, being impatient, giving into emotions of anger, and letting that control our behavior. But patience is a choice to remain steadfast despite the circumstances. You, you realize that a difficult situation that you're walking through, it's actually an opportunity to grow in patience. When I was in high school and throughout college, I was a lifeguard for the State Beach just down here right at Huntington and Bolsa Chica. But before I became a lifeguard, I had to go through lifeguard training. They spent tons of hours putting my rookie class through rigorous training to ensure that we were ready to carry on the responsibilities of being a lifeguard. Every day of training was meant to develop our skills and test us to see if we would make the cut. Their goal was to prepare us to, to a point that we would be able to fulfill all of our duties well and keep the beach safe. Now that, that pressure of training was designed for a really good purpose. Though it wasn't fun as an individual going through it, I was really grateful for it. Once I was in, actually in the tower and lifeguarding and trying to keep the beach safe, I was very grateful for some of the things that different trainers had told me, different tips, and, and just different skills that I learned. Now, it's similar with, with patience. Difficulties come up, and our patience is tested. It's put under pressure. The more situations arise, the more opportunities we have to grow. And it grows in, in these everyday struggles of life as we deal with them how God wants us to deal with them. The reason that patience is a fruit of the Spirit is because we need it. We don't need patience because life is full of bliss, but because life is full of difficulty. And it really, it often doesn't go as we would like it to go. It's in those situations or in those relationships where we feel like we're suffering that patience is required. So the question that I want to take some time and, and unpack now is, how does patience grow? So as we face difficult situations, how can we turn those into opportunities that steadily help patience grow in us over time? So there's two actions that we can take. The first is to slow down. So don't be hasty, but be diligent. I went to college out of state, and I would drive back and forth for summer breaks, and school would get out um, early May, and May is typically when some massive storms would, would roll through the, the middle part of the country. 
Now, I was driving back one summer uh, to Huntington Beach, and uh, it was around sunset time, and I looked to my south, and I could see just some really massive thunderstorm clouds starting to, to build up, starting to get close to me. Within a couple minutes, I was in the midst of it. I was in a, just this massive storm, and every time I thought, okay, this has to be the worst of it, it got much worse. It, it got to a point, actually, where I couldn't see the road in front of me. There was so much water on the road, so much water on my windshield that my windshield wipers couldn't keep up. And my only saving grace was that there was a semi-truck in front of me that was, it, the back of it was all lit up, and I could follow that. So I was getting hit with bursts of wind and bursts of rain, but um, that semi helped me stay on course and gave me something to follow. Now, when that storm hit me initially, what do you think I did? Do you think I sped up to rush through it? No, I, I slowed down. I knew, okay, I need to give myself more time to assess the conditions and make decisions. If I had kept going that same speed, I likely would have ended up missing the direction of the road or in, in a ditch or hitting some other cars. Now, this is the same approach that we should take whenever we face difficulties. It's like we're, we're faced with a storm. We, we hit a storm, so we need, to, we need to slow down, take our time rather than react. Now, Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. Now, this is pointing out that diligence is key, not haste. Diligence is the idea of being surgical, of, of making an incision. So when you're in surgery, you don't want to see the surgeon bringing in a chainsaw. You want to see the surgeon bringing in a scalpel, a tool that is about precision. Now, that's, that's the idea here. Haste is the chainsaw approach, and it can bring a lot of damage. In this verse, it says that it leads to poverty. Diligence is the scalpel approach, which is much more effective, and Proverbs says that that leads to profit. Now, I would much prefer profit to poverty. Proverbs 4.26 says, Give careful thought to the paths for your feet, and be steadfast in all your ways. Giving careful thought takes time. It requires us to slow down and not make rushed decisions. Now God has given us this, this ability to actually choose the path that we walk on. He's given us that freedom, but we need to be thoughtful about it. We need to not be hasty, but slow down and take enough time to assess the paths that we choose. Now, why is this so hard for us to do? Why is it so hard for us to just slow down? Well, I want to walk through a couple main reasons that we don't slow down. The, the first one is anger. This is a reason that we don't slow down, anger. This is the emotional approach. We simply let our emotions get the better of us. You know, when you think of someone who is an impatient person, you generally think of someone who's an angry. This person faces a difficult situation, and they just blow up. They think, man, this just shouldn't even be happening. This is ridiculous. You know, there, there's no rational thought. It's just pure negative emotion. It's kind of like those guys who started screaming at each other at, at Bellaterra. They were just yelling at each other, telling the other one to, to get back in their car. Now, there was really, there wasn't any consideration of the situation, of what was going on. It was, this guy's in my way, and I'm angry. They, they, no one stopped to think, I wonder why he has his hazards on. I wonder if he needs help. I wonder, you know, no, it was just, this guy's in my way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get angry. I'm going to blow up. My daughter, Annie, is a year and a half old, 
And she doesn't quite understand that uh, sometimes things we want just takes time to get. So often my wife or I are, are getting her food ready and she's being polite, you know, saying please, which lasts for a few seconds. Uh, but then she starts getting angry and crying if she doesn't see forward progress. And we're like this with God. We so often don't see the type of progress in a situation that we would like. And so we lead with our emotions. We get angry. We just blow up. My wife and I have proven over and over that we will always feed my daughter. She has a year and a half of history knowing that we will always make sure she's cared for, but she doesn't always see it that way. So because of this, we've, we've taught Annie patient hands so that she has an action to take when she starts getting impatient. So uh, we were able to capture a video of it, so I wanted to, wanted to show this to you guys. So let's take a look. Hey, Annie. Hey, your mom's getting you food. Anyway, can you be patient? Can you do patient hands? Good job. Good job, Good job. Amy. Are you doing your patient hands? You want a great for now? It's pretty cute. You can tell she's still, yeah, right? <laughs> she's still writhing with anger, but she's trying to control it. <laughs> it's pretty fun. So but it, this, is, this is an external action that signifies a stance of, of where the heart should be. Now, Annie doesn't quite get the whole concept of patience yet, but she knows that it means to not, reactor, not, to not react in anger, to, to slow down. It means to slow down and, and understand that, okay, we're working on things. It's just not within her desired time frame, and her attitude should be one of patience. Now, if you struggle with reacting in anger to things, consider actually making a habit of doing a physical action that signifies patience. You know, maybe it's just simply take a deep breath. Once you, when you start feeling that anger rise up, just take a deep breath. Or you know, maybe it's literally just take a step back. Uh, maybe you need to incorporate patient hands into, in, into what you do. You know, it, it, these are all just examples of, of things that can remind our heart to slow down. You know, maybe whenever you, you slow down, take a quick second just to pray. Get perspective and ask God for help. Say, God, just help me to slow down. Help me to, to not be angry. Just take a breath and do that. Anger clouds our ability to move forward in diligence. Now, the next reason that we don't slow down is pride. Now, pride is the I got this approach. We think we understand 100% of what we're facing rather than think, you know, we actually might need to ask a few questions or we, we might need to move forward with caution. In Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. The pride is elevating to yourself to a level that you aren't on. We think we know exactly what to do without actually understanding the facts. But this proverb says that pride goes before destruction. So if you want the end result to be destruction, just get prideful. If we elevate ourselves to a level that we're not on, we'll just end up falling into destruction. Now, if you have to go into surgery, you want a surgeon who has extreme expertise in their field, who has taken a lot of time to understand your situation, you know, all the exact cuts that need to be made and all the steps through, this, through, through your surgery. You want someone who understands the ins and, and outs of it, and preferably someone who has experience. You don't want a surgeon who just rushes in to, to the surgery, who just barely glanced at your chart and says, it's all right, I got this. 
you know, being as fast as possible is not a popular metric used in the medical field. At least, if you're on the surgery table, you hope it's not. Now, in a surgery, they go as slow as they need to go to ensure that the procedure is done right with the least amount of complications. They are diligent. So often, we just don't want to put the work in that diligence requires because we think we know it all. We think any time spent slowing down to assess the situation is just a waste of time. Now, the problem with this approach is that God says a lot about living life, and it takes careful thought and asking tons of questions to live the way that God wants us to live. It's way better to decide, you know what, I don't know everything, so I'm going to ask some questions, and this is actually called humility. This is the opposite of pride. Humility says, you know, I may be accurate in my understanding, but I better make sure this is the right decision or or the, the right move forward since I can very easily make a mistake. I can very easily miss something. <laughs> now, as we approach difficulties with, the, with this understanding that we could miss something, that we could get it wrong, we move a lot slower. We, we take our time. In doing this, we often realize that problems that we thought were simple are actually way more complex. Or maybe they actually were simple, but because we moved forward in such haste, we made it way more complex. You know, we see if if we had made this move or that move, it would have led to a fall down a cliff. Now, a good way to make sure that you're not moving forward in pride is to ask for others' input. That actually takes patience to slow down enough to humble yourself and ask people for input. Now, being patient means that we slow down, but it doesn't mean that we stop. So the second action we can take is to keep moving. Don't give up, but persevere. And when I was driving back to Huntington Beach from college and that storm hit me, I knew I couldn't stop or else I'd likely get hit from behind by another car. I had to stay behind that semi-truck and just kind of muscle through the storm. It actually took quite a while to, to get to the other side of that storm, but eventually the massive raindrops got smaller, the wind gusts got less intense, and the light of the setting sun started to make its way back into view. It's often in the middle of the storms in life that we decide, you know what, I'm just over this. And we give up. We just stop. We didn't realize that relief was just right around the corner, just a mile more. And by stopping, we're just asking to get hit from behind by destruction. Our natural tendency is to give up, so we have to make the choice to be patient, to remain steadfast. James was one of the leaders in the early church He wrote a letter to all the believers throughout the Roman Empire. And in it, he addresses this idea of continuing to move forward, remaining steadfast. So let's read this. In James 5, 7 through 8, it says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. James gives us this example of a farmer to follow regarding patient endurance. Farmers truly understand patience. A seed is planted, but then it takes time for that seed to be fully grown and ready for for harvest. It isn't just planted one day and ready to go the very next day. The, The farmer has a huge part to play in producing a good harvest, but It's also not 100% up to them. They plant the seed, 
But then, as this verse says, it's up to God to provide the autumn and spring rains. Today, we, we have ways to water seed, uh, but in the day that this was written, the technology wasn't really there yet. So, a, a lot of farming was solely dependent on rainwater. If there were no rains or really bad rains, there was a really bad harvest. If there were good rains, there was a good harvest. The farmer works hard to do their part, but realizes that the success of the harvest is largely outside of their control. This is a, a really good example for us, and it shows that we need to work hard at our part, but trust God with his part. If we work hard to do what God wants us to do, then we can trust God with that outcome and be okay with whatever that outcome is. A steadfast perseverance, you know, staying on track, is tough. It requires us to lean into the difficulties and ride them out, not run from them. And there's a couple main reasons that we don't want to keep moving forward, a couple main reasons that, that we stop, and I want to look at those. The first one is that we lose perspective. We forget that God is the one who has authority and power. We don't have the authority or the power to control what happens to us. Only God does. We have influence on what happens to us, but we don't have total control. All we can do is focus on the next steps and be diligent with what God has given us to do. Jesus was the ultimate example of this. So in Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, it says, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And what God had in store for Jesus was death on a cross. It was the, the climax of the story of Christianity. But for Jesus, that meant having to endure the cross. That was the race that God had marked out for Jesus. And so Jesus did that. He remained steadfast. He knew the joy set before him. He moved through that the darkest, hardest thing anyone could have ever imagined. But he did it knowing that on the other side of that, there was resurrection. There was the opportunity for everyone to have a relationship with God. So he moved through that, that, the hardest storm because he had perspective. He trusted God and endured the cross, a brutal death. Oh, God has, has marked out a race for you. He has us all doing different things in our life. You know, he has you doing a very different thing than, than, than I'm doing. Not one of us is the same. But what is universal is that we need to remain steadfast throughout whatever life may bring, recognizing that God is in control and that he alone has the authority to control what goes on in our lives. We re remain obedient to him through the storms. So when you start feeling that impatience welling up because of a tough situation, look up, fix your eyes on the example that Jesus gave us. Recognize that the, the patient perseverance that he displayed and continue moving forward because there is hope. God is in control and has a plan. He has a, rake, a race marked out for you and a reason for it. So keep moving. Now, another reason that we stop forward movement is we lose heart. We lose heart. In the midst of a storm, it's easy to think there's just no end in sight. So why keep moving forward? What's the point? 
We think the finish line of our race should have already passed, but we're still racing. Or we come under such an immense hardship that it just stops us in our tracks. And we ask the question, why? Why is this happening to me? Why couldn't my life be more like that person who seems to be living a life of bliss? Or why am I still struggling with this thing? These questions cause us to stop forward movement. You know, we lose heart by asking the wrong questions. Questions that really are outside of our knowledge. So I've, I've learned over time that asking the why question is usually not very helpful. What I really should be asking is what? What do you want me to do, God? We get so wrapped up in the why that we just stop moving. We stop to try and understand what, what's, what's the bigger picture here? What's going on? But really, that's not our job. God is the only one who ties everything together, not us. So what we need to do is just focus on what our next step is, what God wants us to do, and be patient, okay with not knowing what that outcome will, will be or what the reason is in a particular situation. Now, no matter what difficulties you face, trust God with the why and keep moving forward. Patiently persevere through hardship, focusing on the what rather than the why. The very next verse in Hebrews 12 says this, in verse 3, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus was the ultimate example of this. He endured opposition to the point of death. Now consider what he did as he moved forward. He's the one we follow. He's, if you've chosen to follow Christ, that's why we're called Christ followers. He's the one that we model our lives after. So don't lose heart, but keep moving just like he did. Now, I am only uh, 30 years old, but uh, I've already had the privilege to see many people older than me that are ahead in their race that have chosen to face difficulties in life with patience. They slow down. They aren't quick to let anger control their emotions or pride to make them become hasty in their decisions. They are steady and continue moving along, not at a rapid pace, but at, at a really good pace. They have great perspective that whatever the difficulty they're walking through is, God is in control. And they're faithful to do their part, continuing to walk with God, because their perspective focuses on the hope that is in Him. They realize that there's a purpose for things that we walk through, even if they don't know what that purpose is. So they ask the what question. What does God want me to do? Now, those who choose to live life like this, they are way more calm, and they're able to navigate the storms that this life brings. So may this be true of us. Let's pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you so much for the patience that you have with each one of us. Lord, that, um, that has allowed us to have a relationship with you. We thank you so much for that patience. Lord, we thank you for the example that uh, Jesus gave us of remaining steadfast and staying on track and doing what you want him, wanted him to do despite the terrible circumstances that, that he was put through. Father, I, I pray that you would give us strength to move forward as he did, or despite whatever circumstances we are, we're, we're walking through are. Father, just, I just ask for strength and for courage to continue moving forward in patience.
But I pray that uh, we would all um, just embody this idea of, of patience, that this would become more of who we are. And, and as we face difficulties, that our first reactions would be to, to slow down, but to continue moving forward with you. Lord, we thank you so much for this morning, and uh, we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.